Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Mermaid on Land. On today's episode, I have a very good friend of mine, Jonna Wilton, who has joined me today to share her story. Hi, Jonna. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, third time's a charm. <laughs> We've tried mm. to record this podcast three times, so... Hopefully today is the final, um, the final countdown. Donna <laughs> um, is a very good friend of mine. I've known her since we were 14 years old and we are in our mid thirties. So we've known each other for about 23, 24 years now. So um, Donna, I just want to talk to you a little bit about your story. Um you like me, you have cerebral palsy. Um, yeah. do you want to go into a little bit of detail about your experience growing up and um, the way you got diagnosed with cerebral palsy and the various different surgeries that you've had? Um, and what that was like growing up. Um, well, I mean, personally, I never saw any difference, but. Um, you know, I had to learn along the way that I was a little different, but I never pictured myself that way personally, but, um, I wasn't diagnosed until I was about three and that is because they kept misdiagnosing me and my mom was a teenage mom, so she didn't know any better. So she just, um, they knew I wasn't achieving my developmental milestones physically, but you know, they kept being told that I had weak ankles or that I would get stronger or whatever. And so they just let time pass and then they were like, okay, now something's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they learned about Scottish Rite and Scottish Rite is today. They, you know, did the surgeries that I needed to get me to that point so yeah um I you know as I mentioned I've known you since we're 14 years old we met at Texas Lions Camp which I spoke in a previous podcast um about Texas Lions Camp being kind of like a Disneyland and a safe haven for me um part of that has a lot to do with knowing you and meeting you and um during that time and I just remember uh seeing you and and realizing how strong you were and you played a very important role in my life um for me to be you set the bar and the expectation of of strength in a lot of ways um for me and my own um personal experience um and not feeling sorry for myself I remember earlier on I, we were at camp and we were having a conversation and you kind of set me straight and it was like you know you you may have a hard time walking but at least you can walk um you know don't feel sorry for yourself you know kind of thing and so I've always had that um perspective because you have kind of set the ground and the foundation of that so I really appreciate that and um admire you for that um, oh, you're very welcome. Just, yeah, I just wanted to 
to share that with you. Um, let's talk a little bit about school and what that was like for you. Um, well, me personally, I was pretty hard-headed. <laughs> As I still am. Yeah. Like I said before, I never saw anything different about myself. I had a self-confidence at that time that, you know, I didn't worry about what anybody else did or thought. And I went through things that, for me, I'm, I'm sure that the people around me um, were trying to help, you know. But, like, when mm-hmm. I was in third grade, you know, the, the two teachers, the, the class next to mine, and then my teacher had come up with this idea of helping me you know with everything and I wasn't on board with that (laughs) I um because I wasn't told or asked if that was what I wanted you know Mm -hmm. I had all these kids and they're trying to grab my tray and trying to do this and that and I was just in that mindset of uh what's everybody's problem I could do this myself and then I learned about this deal well these kids were benefiting from my you know being different you know they were they would get points in both classes for helping me and I was like "Uh, no (laughs) you know I don't mind people helping me it's not that but you know ask me if I want the help and then you know don't benefit from it I just didn't it didn't sit right with me I was like I can do my own stuff (laughs) yeah y'all go sit down (laughs) y'all go sit down I'm not doing this yeah. But it, you know, it, I just wondered what everybody. Why is everybody being so not like super over the top nice? And I was like, uh, no, I don't want to be treated differently. I don't want to be somebody's reward system. It just it bothered me. But yeah, school, that would bother me too. I, <laughs> for me, pretty much in any way, I've basically tackled every obstacle just like I'm gonna do this if it takes me 20 or 200 tries I'm gonna get it done mm-hmm. so unbelievably determined once I set my mind on something that uh, I just did it I, just, I was just like this is not going to be a problem and uh, like when I was treated differently by teachers um, and they would ask me oh do do you know how to use the library or where it is? I was just like, are you serious? Like, you know, I'm a so you know sophomore in high school, and here this teacher is asking me if I knew how to use the library, if I knew where it was, and everything else. And I was just like, and she's like, it's okay if you fail your project. We've been working on it for two weeks, and you know, people like you have trouble. And I was just like, uh. Uh-uh. right there I was determined to make an A even though I had half the time because she was treating me like I was less than and I was just like um no we're not doing this I'm not gonna let people make me feel a certain way or treat me a certain way I'm going to have a goal I'm gonna set my mind on it and I'm gonna achieve it and then I'm gonna be super proud of myself because when those people pick their jaws up off the floor the people that ask me if I know how to tie my shoes and the people that ask me if I know, you know, where something, and it's not them asking me, it's the way they do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I'm like, it's condescending. And I'm just like, I am not dumb. There are people that have mental disabilities and that's fine. But don't automatically put that on me. Yeah, I yeah. think that's part of the reason, too, why it was important for me to create a podcast and to be able to erase the stigma of that because you know people automatically assume oh you're in a wheelchair you must be a little bit oh it's unbelievably frustrating yeah unbelievably frustrating but it's it's the condescension it's the condescension that gets me it's like what are you doing (laughs) yeah nobody like you I don't care if it shows on the outside inside there is a flaw in every human being on this earth you do not need to talk to me like you are somehow above me yeah I don't see anybody's differences no matter what they are I don't see that what I see is a person's soul I see a person on the inside imperfections don't matter to me and they never have. So I'm just like, I want to see the person that you are. And I want that to shine through. That is what matters. I mean, yeah. we're all broken. We're all different. We've all got flaws. And it's all a matter of how you go through life with those things. It actually can make you better. Yeah. Depending on how you flip it, you know. And, so, and, and also, too... <clears throat> From the other perspective, I can see for, you know, you teach people how to, how to, how to treat you. So, you know, when we get older, we have, we have the accountability and the responsibility to go, no, this is, I'm, I'm not going to allow people to do this. I'm going to be self-sufficient and what have you. But when you're younger, people have this misconception of, oh, that person is really challenged. And the way that people come along and they they might mean well but to you know have a reward system like you mentioned earlier and all the condescending approaches it's just a lack of education and a lack of awareness about the limitations that someone might have and you know there's a there's a there's an approach to it you know yeah I mean they their their mindset was completely innocent on the way that they did that but they should have sat me down and said, hey, what do you want? Like, I am a human being. And I just don't like the whole, you are less than because you can do less in some circumstances. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't see that. Nobody's less than anybody else. Nobody is better than anybody else. Right. So it's all a matter of set them down, treat them like the human being that they are, and go on about your day. Because you'll be surprised what you'll learn if you actually try that. For sure. Yeah. And I think regardless of color, regardless of ability, regardless of gender, regardless of beliefs, it's just they are human at the end of the day. And that is something everyone can relate to someone else. For sure. Yeah. That, and I think we need to relate means- to a lot of a lot of things, you know, relationship relating, you know, it's all about relating to people um, and having relationship with one another and having you know communication and understanding so well being I think it's like being uh, what do you want to call it I guess it's like being level fluid you are not higher above anybody else or you are not lower than anybody else you flow 
mm-hmm. and get on their level wherever they are because everybody's on a different path. Everybody learns differently. Everybody grows differently. So you have to be, I guess, what you'd call level fluid. You'd have to sit there and be able to get down to their level, get down on where they are at that moment in life and help bring them up. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, driving. What was that experience like learning how to drive? Because I know you, you drive. Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about that. Um, I actually learned to drive in the Metroplex. Um, and I got tested on whether or not I needed hand or foot controls, you know, mm-hmm. just to see my reaction time, which is good for safety reasons, but it was basically the same. So I decided to choose foot controls because I wanted to be able to get in any car and go, yeah. you know, I don't like any kind of modifications that I don't have to have. So when given the choice, I chose just to learn to drive regularly and, um, but I was so, like, it was overwhelming for me to get in a vehicle. And I felt like I'm responsible for myself. I'm responsible for other people. I have kids in the backseat. And I just, for, like, till I was 25 years old, I was just, I'd grip the steering wheel so tight that my uncle said if I ever got in a car wreck, they'd know it was me because I'd still be holding on to the steering wheel. <laughs> if anything happened, you know. So it just... It took me a while to get past that. Like, mm-hmm. I learned and everything, but I had to just almost relax with myself and trust myself. And I, you know, I trust myself now, but I don't trust the people around me at times, especially in the morning. Yeah. When people are trying to get their kids to school, people get a little bit cray cray on that. Yeah. They don't pay attention. That and teenagers, teenagers stress me out. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I have, I'm, I'm they're just like, oh, what? Stop that. I'm invincible. See you later. And I just like, yeah. oh, my, my, my depth perception is off. So I get, I, I want to learn how to drive and I'm going to have to do hand controls because my feet don't respond as quickly as they probably should with the brake and the gas. And my dad tried to teach me how to drive when I was 16 and I was wearing these, uh, customized shoes, corrective shoes for my feet. And they weighed 20 pounds a piece. So trying to get my foot off the gas and onto the brake and all that kind of stuff quickly didn't work well. I accidentally put my foot on the gas instead of the brake and we went through a fence. And that was like, nope, this is not me. I don't want to do this. But as I get older, I wish I had that that independence of learning how to drive. And um, so that's something that I'm going to look into. Um, Oh, yeah. And, and, And it's not as bad as what you think. Um, what they did with me is they put me behind a uh, like a machine and it was almost like a video game and whenever you came across an obstacle you had to press with either your hand or your feet they did one with your hands and one with your feet but you that way you're not in any danger you're not in an actual vehicle and they would see how fast it took you to realize okay there's a kid in the road or there's a stop sign or there's this or there's that and it would just flash up real fast and you'd have to do something to show that you saw it and reacted to it. Mm-hmm. And then they, it's kind of like a little test. And then they, based off that, tell you what you need to do next. And they will equip whatever vehicle you have with those hand controls. So it's not as, uh, it seems like a daunting task. Mm-hmm. But the fact 
let you do that, and the faster you'll get comfortable with it. So, um, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that you need to take, you know, for independence purpose, to see yeah. progress forward. But it, it is not as scary as what you think. You're not just going to jump behind a car and then boom, you're going. Okay. It's not like, you know, so. Um, so I know that you in, in, in Atlanta and also in Texas and every other state, they have a, uh, I don't know if it's a program or if it's a, a re, maybe it's a resource called um, vocational rehabilitation. Um, I know you utilized that resource. Um, was it helpful? What was your experience like? Um, yeah, I try different things, but it, you know, sometimes it depends on the person behind the desk, you know, mm. and, the experience that they give you mm-hmm. uh, I tried but some things just don't always work out and uh, so yeah I, I tried to utilize that opportunity and you know I went to school and everything else but uh, I didn't graduate because of the way things happened for whatever reason and then I went back later you know before my oldest son and asked if I could go back to school and she said I wasn't able to because of my age or whatever but I have um, all my basics pretty much done I just haven't picked a major and so I haven't gone back because I've had little kids now oh yeah well so you didn't use vocational rehabilitation to learn how to drive or did you what i they did different. Uh, I did regular driver's ed, and then I did uh, whatever program. I mean, they just did that. I don't even know what it was through for the other to do the hand controls and all that. Um, I don't know. I wasn't part of that process. It was just like I basically showed up. So I don't know what my my grandmother and all of them actually uh, did. I just they said we're gonna make an appointment, and this is what's gonna happen. I wasn't really part of that process as far as sitting in a chair and having things explained to me. Oh, okay. They did all of that and I went to this building and did this thing and then, you know, they decided whether or not I needed hand controls or not. But I actually have always driven in a car regularly and then that was done just out of curiosity of what I would need. Got it. Okay. So, um, I'm going to kind of take it back a little bit because we, as I mentioned, met at Texas Lions Camp. Um, and we had so many different memories that I can recall that were hilarious. Um, one in particular that stands out to me, and I know you and I talked about this, was the time that you tripped over something and I could not help but laugh because it was funny but also I felt really bad because you know it's like one of those situations you can't help but laugh but then you're like you know um an instant replay of of you know the situation kept playing in a loop rotation head and I would just laugh but 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a, that was funny to me. Do you remember that? Well, yeah, it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for laughing, but um, you're just walking along. You trip over a laundry bag, and oh man. I always like to say that, that you know, I'm made of rubber, and I feel like you are too because the amount of times you fall and you just bounce right back up and get up and go again. Um, Me personally, I'm good at making jokes about it. Like, I'll laugh it off. It might hurt, like, nobody's business, but mm-hmm. I'll laugh it off, and I'll make other people laugh and smile with me. But, yeah, I mean. I, I don't know about you, but I appreciate some aspects of the characteristics that my disability has caused me to have. Um, you know, we adapt. We can um, we can pretty much adapt to anything. We have to because, you know, as much as there's things, I, you know, I live independently and you live independently. You have two boys um, and you're a really great mom. And I think one of the things that I have learned about myself, and maybe you can relate to this. I know you can. I, don't, I just don't want to speak for you. Um, the ability to just kind of adapt to anything. Uh, because when you go to uh, someone's house or, you know, you move into a different location, it's not set up, uh, customized to your needs. So you basically have to just kind of work your way around it and figure out how to do things um, independently. Right. So when you go out into the quote unquote real world and it's not customized to what you might have set up at home, you have to figure out a way to do things that you couldn't do. So you kind of have to reinvent the wheel. Um, Right. Is that is that your experience, too? To to a point, to a point, um, I would say yes, but. I would say more recently, because beforehand, I really didn't have, I mean, I have more mobility than some, so yes and no, because as I was younger, and I was able to, when I would fall, I would get right back up, and it was like, I was, you know, I'd literally bounce back up and go, and just be full throttle all the time. Now, you know, I'm 37, and I'm moving a little slower, <laughs> So, it's not, I I fall and it hurts now. Like, I can't, it's, I feel it. I feel it the next day and I'm like, whoo, you know, or I get a bruise and I'm like, how the heck did I do that? But I think since, I would say since motherhood um, is where I've literally been, there's always been that ingenuity there and there's always been that forethought. Um. Because I do remember, like, being younger, and before I would even take a step, it depends on the obstacle. Like, say, if it's ice, or if it's um, steps, or if it's, you know, hills, or potholes, or whatever I have to maneuver around. Before I take a step, I'm literally mapping out my uh, pathway, my plan of, okay, how am I going to get from A to B? This is how this is going to go. But since motherhood, I've actually had to step that up about times 20 <laughs> because I can't carry my baby like normal I can't you know but I still um maneuver um I have things set up I have 
ways of doing things that I get my babies, you know, that are now six and almost one from A to B without injuring them or whatever. So despite being disabled, I'm able to do motherhood fairly well because I just adapt to that. You know, most people put their baby on their hip and they go. And that is something I wish I had so bad. Just the ability to pick my child up and walk across the room. Mm-hmm. But I don't. But my my youngest one, even more than my oldest, he already knows when I bring the walker to me or I bring the stroller to me, he knows we're going to go somewhere and he'll crawl over to it and stand up. And he's like, okay, let's go, mom. Like, he knows oh. now. <laughs> he doesn't. It doesn't bother him. My oldest was a little bit more temperamental as far as he wants things done quickly and he gets bored easily, like even as a young baby. Mm -hmm. And so he would get frustrated with me when I didn't do things fast enough. But but, uh, my youngest is like, go with the flow. And he's like, let's go, mom. Like he already knows what he sees things. He's like, okay, this is what mom's doing next. I know what I'm supposed to do next. He's starting to learn uh, what certain things and certain objects mean. And so we just, it, it's harder when going out, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. we make it work. We make it work and we get our stuff done and we enjoy our life the best that we can. That's awesome. Um, and they know they know nothing different. So, I mean, it doesn't really bother them that much, you know. But for anybody that wants to be a mom, I mean, you know, there's nothing really stopping you. Yeah. You know, if you're afraid of, oh, well, how can I take care of my baby or will people judge me in the way that I do that? And, you know, that's their opinion. But if yeah. you know you're doing the best that you possibly can, they love you and they know no, they know no difference. So they're just, they're just happy that you're their mother or their father. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, that's <clears throat> one thing that I love. I love many things about kids, but one thing that I really love is their just willingness to accept any and all things. And they have such a wild imagination and they're so big hearted and just inquisitive and they just want to know and learn. And, you know, they don't have a judgmental bone in their body. Yeah, they're open. The, the yeah. word that I would use is open. Mm-hmm. And that's how you need to be throughout your life, no matter what age you are, is just mm-hmm. be open and people will be receptive. You don't ever close yourself. Because if you close yourself, you're creating walls that you don't even know, you know, that are existing around your heart. And I understand people do that because they're hurt, but... Mm-hmm. um. If you create walls around your heart, yes, you're trying to keep all the painful and bad stuff, you know, out. But you're, you know, you're keeping love and good things from coming in as well. So, yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that I wanted to ask you about, because I know you and I talked about this just the other day, you had mentioned something about um, the playground. Playground should be a little bit more adaptable, too, for people. Um, oh yes it's so hard parks are so hard to be able to play with your kid on the slide or the swing something that you're not able to really do because of balance right yes um 
you know, once they get to where they're walking, it's not as bad. But when they're tiny, you know, I have to have somebody with me so that they can slide down or, you know, I putting them up in the swing, you know, those baby swings are so hard. Because putting my baby a heavy, heavy anything, whether it be your baby or any other object over your head, you know, compromises your balance. So there have been times I have had to rely on another mother to pick my child up and put them in the baby swing because they really, really want to swing and they don't understand why mommy can't pick them up because I might fall. So that's where the kindness and the, the, you know, being off of your phone and being aware of others and just taking that little extra step of being helpful and kind it means so much, not only to me, but to my child, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those little things that you do, whether you realize, even just smiling, you know, can make someone's day so much brighter. Yeah. That's really, I, I wonder if there's something that we can look into about getting some kind of anchor or something that you can attach to a swing to just kind of implement it in the ground long enough to be able to. Uh, put your child in there independently because that's that's got you know that's a memory that you can create with your child so um, I wish I know that they have the the swing that you can put a wheelchair in you know for some yeah but even those I saw those at the school and I don't Mm -hmm. even know how to open them up (laughs) (laughs) I actually literally crawled in it though I crawled Mm -hmm. in through the chains and I crawled on the platform and I got Phoenix, and I put him on there, and I, you know, you know, we swung on that. It wasn't a regular swing, but he got to swing with me because I sat on my knees in the wheelchair swing. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. We, we, we were swinging like, every, you know, like we normally would. Phoenix. Boy, I just sounded country just then. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. What was that? <laughs> well, um, Phoenix is such a cute little boy. So is Maverick. They both look like you. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, but they are matches. The blonde hair and, you know, the whole, I mean, they just, they're spitting image of you. They're, they're adorable. I love them so much. Um, I want to talk Yes, boy mom life. About... <laughs> I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, I don't, I, I, I don't, I just want to talk to you a little bit about your ability to just continue to, to, you know, you're always so strong, but I know there are times when you're just exhausted and overwhelmed. <laughs> how, how do you like, you know, I, I, not to be a broken record, but, you know, we've known each other for years and years, and you have this bubbly, happy, uh, joyful spirit about you, and it's just contagious to the point, you know, every time you and I get on the phone and we talk and we can ramble on and talk about one thing and go from A to B and then back to A, (laughs) because I have, you know, the ability to get lost in translation in my brain and kind of goes ventures off, but you're, you're, you have yes, the ability. You have conversational to, ADD. Yes. You have the ability to track with me though, really well. You're like, oh, <laughs> <my God." laughs> so, um, 
I, I think it's hilarious that you're like, oh, you have conver- conversational ADD. But um, what, I, what I was trying to get at is, you know, you've just been a, a person in my life where, you know, we can get on the phone and we can talk for hours and, and laugh and be joyful and make fun and, and, you know, of ourselves. And then anytime that you and I get on the conversation, I'm really trying hard not to do this now. But you have a very Texas thick accent, and yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, and so I will literally be at the, by the end of the call. I'll be talking like this, really, you know, <laughs> and I can't help it. It just comes out because yeah, I'm not from Texas. I'm actually from New Mexico, but I was raised in Texas. I always say that I'm from Texas, but it's easier to say because I have kind of a speech impediment. Um, so Texas is easier to roll off my tongue, but I was actually born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, but I was raised in Texas. So, but I feel like anytime that you and I get on the call, I, my Texas accent comes out full throttle and (laughs) I don't even realize it until you point it out. You're welcome. (laughs) So... I just wanted to tell you, you know, I really appreciate your your joy and just your sense of humor. You know, we've been through a lot together. We lived in L.A. for a time together. And we, you know, for years, from the time I was nine years old until I was 16, I would always go to Texas Lions Camp for either one week or two weeks. I would always pick the two weeks because I loved it so much and I wanted to visit it. Um, and I think, you know, that was like the two weeks out of the summer that I looked forward to that I knew that it was just going to be a ball of fun because if you were there, we were going to laugh constantly. And we did, we laughed, we'd stay up for hours and we'd be bunk mates and we'd, we'd talk and talk and laugh and everything, you know, we'd always get in trouble. (laughs) Like, you don't need to go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) But, um. I just, I, I, I really appreciate that side of you, but I also know that you've been through a lot, um, yourself and, but you, your resilience, your resilient spirit and your ability to just continue to pick up and go has been a gift to witness. Um, you know, but you've also been honest in your, in your struggles too, you know, so, Mm -hmm. It's not just, oh, everything's perfect, everything's good, and I'm going to laugh it off. No, you're... Well, I mean, the thing of it is, is your struggles in life can actually be helpful to somebody else. It can be a learning tool for yourself, but it also can be a relatable tool for another person. So, like I said, we're all in different stages in life, and so if you get on someone's level and you have a level of understanding then they're going to be more open to growing Mm -hmm. and it's life's all about learning and growing I mean it's just like I told my friend's mom you know and she's way older than me you know and you think oh you know the older you are the more together you have it but you know she was sitting there struggling because as you get older it's it's harder to move and it's harder to to do things that she's, you know, having a hard time. And uh, because she had to be a caregiver to her mother, and she was just like, 
you know, I'm, I'm really struggling physically. And I said, I said, you know what? I said, give it a year. Give it a year. And here's why. I said, because look, if you look at a baby and how long it takes them to just get from the point of being born to walking, you know, why don't you give yourself that same grace period? Yeah. Give, give yourself a year to physically grow and physically heal. I mean, it, it just, I guess that's what being a mom has reminded me of, you know, because I've seen this, you know, and you've seen them just roll over and how excited they are with that. And then they crawl and they're excited with that. And now Phoenix is standing and he's just, he'll like stand up and he'll have this big grin on his face. Like, did you see what I did? And then he'll like <laughs> wave and he's like, look at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I see you. And he'll reach out and he'll try to grab my hand. Like he'll touch my hand and he'll start talking his little, you know, baby babble talk. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm like, you're doing so good, you know, but he just the everything that they do new is just so exciting for them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you see me do that? I can't believe I'm doing this. Like you can tell in their mind, they're just like, wow, I can go, you know. That's and then really, being, that's really interesting yeah, point. yeah, and then being disabled, you know, just what, like my kids being able to do the things that I couldn't do. I'm so proud of that because I'm like, you know, they'll struggle in other ways, but they'll never have to struggle in the way that I have, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can walk. This is awesome, you know, and then they run and they're like, whoa, slow down because I can't catch you, (laughs) Yeah, you know, but it's so fun, you know, to watch them. But my, my suggestion is just at anything you approach in life, you know, I told her, I was like, just give yourself that time because everybody goes through things i've had friends that are in car wrecks and they have to rehabilitate themselves physically or mentally and i'm like yes it's frustrating because you've you've gone from being able to do everything you were able to do to not as much mm-hmm. but i grew up not being able to do as much and doing everything i possibly can it's it's the you know the opposite you know and I think it's easier on us because we don't know any differently. But when you go from, I guess, whatever the word is, perfectly able to not so much, it's it's actually daunting both physically and mentally. And I'm like, you know, you can do it. Just give yourself that time. And even if you're going through something mentally or emotionally or spiritually, still give yourself that year. Give yourself that time. Don't expect, oh, well, I've been going to church for, you know, two or three weeks. It's going to fix. Or I've been, you know, working out for two or three weeks and I'm not seeing any results. Or I'm trying to lose weight or whatever your goal is. Regardless of what it is, whatever your goal is, give yourself that time. Take your time. Because everybody wants fast results. Push a button and we're done. Yeah. I'm like. No, it's not an instant oatmeal kind of thing, right? Like you're. Yeah, but that's how people approach life these days. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Well, it's it. You know, it's it's interesting because really quickly, I just want to tap into this a little bit. Um, I was born three months early, so I've always been in a hurry. I've always been in a hurry to get. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do this, and then I get so frustrated. And and, you know, you mentioned, you know. Give yourself a year, and that's something that's going to stick with me because it, things take time. It's not going to happen overnight. But I see 
I'm a visionary, and you know, and I know you are too. I and that, that's good. From, from the very, very beginning good. to the middle to the end, all in one five minute thing. And then I, I'm thinking, okay, it's going to take, you know, this, 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 you know, you know me, I'm working on several business ideas. Um, and I, I'm constantly thinking about from the idea to the take that, you know, it's going to take time. But my, my uh, thought is, you know, when you're saying give yourself a year, I, I just think that's that's a really good um, perspective. I, mean, I never really thought about it like that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm, I'm always in a hurry to do this. And then I get so frustrated and then I forget to celebrate the little milestones of the things that I can do because the disability aspect is all rolled up into one. And it's, you know, if we look at it from a perspective of things that you can't do, then, yeah, you're going to feel frustrated and you're going to forget oh, but I was able to do this today, you know, and, and, you know, they say comparison is the thief of joy. If you're comparing your journey or your challenges or anything else with somebody else's, you're going to forget to celebrate and pat yourself on the back and go, I I don't know if you do this, but I know I do. I, I look at somebody else that may have it a little bit worse off than me. And then I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, feel sorry for myself because they have this challenge. But then also I say, I don't have a really have a right to feel sorry for myself about this because they have that challenge and I'm able to do this. But then I forget to my challenges are my challenges and your challenges are your challenges. Uh, You know, they're all different. And so we just have to, we have to create a space in our mind and in our heart to celebrate the victories regardless, because yes, they're challenges for myself to do certain things and then for you it's hard to do certain things but when you're able to figure out a way to do it celebrate those small victories and you know their milestones because like you were saying with um the child rolling over and then crawling and then running it's like those are small milestones yeah and and for the little little goals i would say about three months at a time because it takes them about three months to master master one of those tasks enough to to move on forward you know it takes you about three months before you sit there and start rolling over. It takes you about three more months before you start crawling. It takes you about three more months before you start standing. But even some kids, it's a year and a half. It may be two years. You know, I would say minimum year. And for the small goals, three months. And if you don't make it in that specific time period, relax. Stretch yeah. it out. You're not going to fail, but you're going to get there. You just give yourself that time. Like, but for the small goals, I'd say, you know, three months. And for the bigger ones, I'd say a year to a year and a half, even two years. But just give yourself, I mean, two years are like, everybody's like, oh, that's so long. And it's (laughs) so far away. But even just writing a book sometimes will take two years. Yeah. You know, say you're writing a book about your own life. Even if you're writing a book about your own life, it might take you two years to write it or a children's book or whatever. But the the output, the um, impact, everything that that all the blood, sweat and tears that went into that, it, you know, it'll bear fruit. It's just going to take a while to, you know, get to fruition. And it's like you just. You just don't need to be in a hurry yes you don't want to lose your momentum and a lot of people i think that's what it is because you're like okay 
I've got this idea and I want to go forward and I want to go forward and do it and I'm going to do it. And, da, 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 da. and yes, you get so excited and so almost, you know, full throttle that it's like, okay, but your expectations get high in that same regard. Yeah. So yes, even though you don't want to lose your momentum, that's why possibly setting small goals to get to the bigger goals. Like, okay, I'm going to do this. Yes, you're going towards whatever goal you're doing, say a book or whatever. So I'm going to write this many pages in this amount of three months. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you're, you're actually, um, you know, chopping it up in sections and getting where you need to go, but you're not overwhelming yourself because you, people have these expectations of I'm going to do this in a certain amount of time or, you know, say I want God to do this in a certain amount of time in my life or, I'm going to own a house or have kids or, or, you know, have the white picket fence or whatever in this certain amount of time. And you can't do that. Right. Yeah, I know. Because there's so much in your way sometimes, like, you know, you might lose your job or, you know, you might, something might happen. And so you, you have, yes, it's good to have goals and have that timetable, but you also need to be aware that sometimes just life gets in the way and it's not anything to get discouraged about it's just like okay well then I'll just you know add a couple months to my little small goal whatever but you'll get where you're going yeah even if things knock you down you just have to not expect so much out of yourself to where you're letting yourself down within a certain amount of time period you just get it done I, I need to hear this all the time, clearly, because this is not the first time that you and I have had this conversation. <laughs> so, well, honey, this is recorded, so I guess you could play it back <laughs> if you need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, I want to go ahead and uh, just tell you thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It means a lot. Thank you so much for your graciousness and your patience with me. This is the third time that we've tried to record this and uh, thank the Lord for technology and the ability to be able to do this the right way and not have any more issues. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for having my son drool in my charge report. So I had to get another phone so I'd be able to do this. (laughs) (laughs) It's And again. Yes, that would be one of those frustrating moments that leads me to another thing, you know? Yeah. It's like, I didn't really, I couldn't really afford to get another phone, but, you know, I was kind of forced to, and we couldn't download the, you know, the app on that phone. It Mm. wasn't compatible, and so my kid had to drool in my charger port to ruin my phone, so I had to get another phone that actually was, ended up being compatible to the app, so... The Lord works you know. in mysterious ways. Yes, even with baby drool. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> do not despise small beginnings, guys. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, well, just thank you so so much. I love you. You're. Um, I love you too. And um, if anybody has any questions or anything, you know, you can send them my way. But hopefully, it was something positive that someone can get out of this. I think, you know, I think it's going to impact a lot of people um, for sure. Is there any other um, wisdom nuggets that you would like to give to people before we end the call? Uh, no, well, not off the top of my head. I kind of just go with the flow of the conversation. Oh, yeah. But um, okay. if anybody needs advice on anything that, 
you know, they're struggling with the Vinny little nuggets of wisdom, as you say, then they can bring whatever they want to the table and then I'll address it with whatever they need, you know, but I I can't really just go, ah, you know, and then something (laughs) falls in my lap. I kind of go with whatever that one person needs. Yeah. It's, it's, it's person specific, whatever I say, so. One, one thing that, you know, I mean, I love a lot about you, but one thing that I love about you is that I can go to you and I can tell you pretty much everything and anything and you're just, you're the same with everyone. It doesn't matter. I, I, nothing shocks you or phases you about anyone. (laughs) No, (laughs) you're very giving and very, you know, so I, um, can attest to that that you know do you have any questions or anything that you would like Donna to answer or anything like that she will with an open heart and non-judgmental uh she loves everyone so yeah just um yeah she's she's great just call her at like three in the morning (laughs) you know yeah I'll probably be up we were about to end this call but I want to share a story about about you know something it's kind of silly, but I remember sitting in an airport about five years ago, and I could not stop crying. Something had happened. Uh, I just couldn't stop crying, and I didn't know who else to call. And, you know, it was a little awkward because I'm in an airport, I'm going through security, and I'm, you know, having someone help me through the security line and going to my gate, <laughs> and I just was crying my eyes out and uh I got I sat there and you know sitting in my chair waiting by the gate for the airplane and I called you I didn't say anything I just cried I just cried I just called you and you just listened to me and no matter how silly it seemed um for the reason for my tears you listened to me without judgment and I'm choking up a little bit because that kind of stuff means so much to me because not everybody has that, you know, um, not everybody has that person that they can call and it can be so silly and so childish or immature or whatever. And you just listen to me (laughs) cry and then calm me down and then make me laugh and then everything's good, you know? So I really love you. I love you too. Okay, I'm going to end the call now, <laughs> and, I'll, and uh, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, and, uh, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye.